One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Welcome to my good bad brain I'm a normal person so I'm insane I've got depression and ADHD but I'm doing better since I medicated me I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is but I figured out a long time ago that being alive is Brain breather time. I'm caffeinated. I smell the incense. Smell. I, sl- I mean, I burned incense for a while. I smell the, the incense. You know, it puts me in a good headspace, as I've established. I've been thinking. I've been thinking. I've been thinking. Um, You know, I think it's nice that I put enough time between these brain breathers. I mean, just personally, at least, and maybe it resonates with other people out there. I don't know. It feels like, uh, you know, because I can go back and listen to the old ones, see where I was at, where I'm at now, what's happening. And I guess, like, maybe time travel (laughs) is the theme of what I was going to get into today. I was in uh, Chicago recently, where I'm from. Well, I'm from the North Shore of Chicago, this little town called Highland Park, which is a pretty nice uh, little very bubble of a town. Uh, It's very green. It's very lush. It's very humid and hot. It's very quiet. You could believe nothing is wrong in the world there. Like it showers, like rain showers two times a day in the summer and still the sprinklers come on a few times. You know, like very different from where I'm used to, Los Angeles, which is like feels like on the bleeding edge of the world, like all the problems that we face and politically and uh, economically and environmentally, like they're all here and they're vibrant and they're alive and they're real and they're on fire. And it was weird to go to this place that I spent most of my time growing up uh, for the first time in probably 10 years and we went, it was for a wedding for old family friends. All my family gathered and we rented. We Airbnb'd a nice big house. We all stayed in together, the whole pack. And I saw my grandparents and my dad who still lived there on the south side of the city. My grandma had her 80th birthday. And so it was a very surreal experience to go back to where you come. And I know some people don't leave. Some people are still in the places they're at. But I think everyone can relate to that feeling that can arise where you go back to a place and it is at once exactly the same and completely different from what it was at the time in your past, at the time that you have your memories there and your romances. You know, I I mean, I've heard enough like stuff with Malcolm Gladwell or whoever about memory to know that like memories are just not reliable, just flat out (laughs) that we invent things and we make things up. And we're so ruled by narratives in general. I mean, that's, I think the whole story of psychology and therapy and self-talk and whatever in humanity is, is narratives. Like the story that you're telling yourself, the story that you get used to, the morals to the stories that you learn, the fables that make up your life, that you've participated in, that define who you are and how you react to situations and your basic assumptions about the world. You know, I mean, a trauma is just a story you've lived out. I, I'm working on some new uh, narrative stuff for a creative project that I'm producing and writing. And it's very much the, the little spooky story things. And it's it's very much to the same thought that like all good stories, fairy tales, fables, whatever, they have a lesson they teach you at the end. And that might seem really obvious to us when it's a story like Little Red Riding Hood or whatever. But 
we do the same thing with our own lives. And it's weird to go back to the scene of the crime, to like go back in time, to go physically to the place and go, this is bigger and smaller at the same time than what I remember. And so I've been thinking a lot about that. And I've been thinking a lot about paradox, like the way things are the same, but different, the way time works. And I'm going to try to coalesce these thoughts. I mean, that's the point of the brain breather, right? We bounce around. You get to feel the pinball of what's happening with me. And it might feel very scattershot, but hopefully something comes out of it. I, I'm often, often it's not till after the fact. On the last episode of Adam Bush, we talked about this being a particularly American thing, the ability to deal with a crisis after it happened. And now that you've prepared, now that you've dealt with that crisis, you're ready for the next crisis. That's the same as the one that already happened. Unfortunately, it's very rare that we repeat the same crisis. You're trying to use your old tools for the new problem and that can be challenging. You know, I mean, that sounds bleak. It's not that bleak, right? Because we do encounter some of the same problems and then the tools that we've developed do help us. That being said, that linear sense of reality, that that mathematical sense that I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then this will happen. And now that I know that that will happen, I can apply that knowledge to when it happens again, quickly starts to fall apart in reality. Like when faced with the paradox of I'm back where I'm from. I know how this place works. I know how it makes me feel. I know how I felt then. My body's probably going to start producing some chemicals and behaviors and things that mimic the way it knows how to understand uh, understand uh, its reality, the way it knows how to operate under these circumstances. So when I'm back in the place that I grew up that I haven't been since I was 17 or 18 and so just full of all my problems, so close to them, right? Like our developmental years, those teenage years and those childhood years and those young adult years are so where like we basically accumulate our deepest scars and programmings and things like that. And then I'm back in a house in the same town, almost the same place with my mom and my siblings and my dad's around and everybody's, we, we kind of slip in. Like I felt, I don't realize till after the fact I've somatically slipped into certain patterns that I'd had before. I'm more reactive. I'm more, you know, somebody will say something instead of going like, oh, that's just them saying something. I'm right back in the place of like, they're saying something true about me and that's who they think I am and that's who they think they are. And oh, wow, oh, wow. You know, all the stuff, all the like, all the things, the ways you react when you're a precocious teenager who, you know, I mean, is there a teenager in the world who doesn't relate to being precocious? You know what I mean? Feeling like you can understand everything if people just gave you enough time to figure it out, but they never give you enough time. And that like essential sense of being misunderstood and being frustrated and being put in an impossible losing situation. And so the only way you deal with it is either by tuning out or by being resentful or by kind of just declaring that you do get it and like, no, 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 I do. I get it. Yeah, I know, I know how things work or or what combination thereof. And all of it is so human and all of it is so fallible and all of it is so finite. And in the face of something impossible to look at or comprehend, like the whole universe and how it works and how there's as much chaos and lack of rhyme or reason as there is order, like you just melt in the face of it. You can't handle that. And I guess... Maybe in the weird difficulty I'm having in expressing this idea kind of lies this this thing, the paradox of time, of um, meaning in the places, like of the idea of truth. Uh, related to it, you know, um, let me try to get to what I'm trying to think about right now. Uh, I was thinking about this idea that like a lot of us in like woo-woo kind of circles or who like to use these tools or anything kind of like where we try to take control over our experience in reality, right? There's this thing where you go like, oh, the universe, well, it's part of God's plan. It's the universe. Oh, the universe is helping me or or this or that, right? We like to make fun of it as much as we like to say it. Like, I think there's a difficulty in the idea of the universe is like everything's aligning. Things are working out for me. Like things have been working out for me a little bit last week or two in a great way. Like things randomly that things I didn't trigger immediately that I went and did something and the result was good. It was just like, it seems a little serendipitous and it seems a little positive and it's easy and kind of feels good to go like, Oh, 
Maybe this is like the secret, you know, this is me manifesting things. This is the universe working in my favor. And and I like that feeling because it puts you in a space of like flow. I do believe like winning is a habit. Like when I'm doing martial arts or other competitive things or even like video games, I started applying like earlier this year, I just for fun, I would apply like positive thinking strategies to video gaming. Like if something went wrong in a game, this is so silly, but it's true and I'm just going to share it. Like I'm playing League of Legends, right? And I it's so easy in a team game like that to get so angry at your terrible teammates who are making a million mistakes and blah, blah, blah. But I started thinking like, okay, if that's always the problem, right? If I'm always blaming the things and people around me, the circumstances around me, that's a really helpless position to be in. And it doesn't serve me to do that, even if it's true. So let's say, okay, yeah, it's true, but it's useless. What would be useful? What can I change that would make the situation better? And I started trying to use those strategies with video games. So I was like, well, okay, what if I pick a champion that doesn't rely like a character in the game? What if I pick a character in the game that has a tool set that doesn't necessarily rely on other players? That like I have team carry potential. So I do that. I switch to a character that does that and a role that does that. Now, you can't do that in the bot lane, so I'm going to do the jungle. I mean, this is getting really League of Legends inside baseball, but whatever. Stick with me. So I'm like, what if I do that? So now, now I'm picking a role and a champion where at least I have the ability to help others and help myself and I'm not relying on assistance from other people to necessarily have the best opportunity of winning the game. And then I start thinking, okay, instead of getting mad at my opponents for not following up on a risky call that I make, why don't I make less risky calls? What can I, what am I not doing well? How's my gold farming? Am I like staying at a good place? Like, am I doing my, which translates in real life, like basic daily practices of self-care and doing the diligent work of putting your voice out there and your desires out there and your inputs out there, your capabilities out there. So people start responding to them. Right? Am I doing that? And I'd be like, well, no, my CS is pretty bad. I'm not really making enough gold fast enough in the game. I'm not jungling efficiently enough. I got to get that up to speed if I want to start doing better. So I'm like, I take these strategies and the same thing in jujitsu. Like in jujitsu, I never accepted. I never accepted that like, oh, this guy's too big and strong. He's way better than me. So fuck it. I'm not even going to try. Forget it. Who cares? I'll just tap early. Who gives a shit? Never. When it comes to like fighting, I don't have it. I don't have that bone in my body. I have a humility. If I'm, if I'm God, I'm God. I'm not going to get broken so that I can, I mean, once in a while, but I'm not going to get broken irreparably so that I can just like have my ego intact. I'll go, oh, you got me. But I fight. I try. No matter how disadvantaged my position is, I don't get wallowing in like what an idiot I was to stay in that, to get myself. I just try to get out of it. I go, okay, this is the reality. Now I'm going to get out of it in the stupid video game. This is the reality. How do I get out of it? And I went on like a crazy winning streak in Levi, like by those circumstances when I, earlier this year when I was trying this. And so I'm getting back to this idea of paradox, right? Like best practices. So if the universe is suddenly like working in my favor and I want that sense of like momentum and winning is a habit vibe, right? Like I'm in a good place. My mental health feels good. I'm getting better physical practice. I'm listening to myself. I'm, I'm doing like good. I mean, that can be my practical advice for the week. I've been doing lists every day. I've been doing like a to-do list every morning. And cause I've been, and I'll do an app about ADD again soon because learning more about ADHD and stuff, like finding tools to help has been immense. And some of them are so simple, like literally just making a to-do list every day, even if you don't finish everything on it, just in the morning, right? So I'm doing these best practices. And then it feels so helpful to go, the universe is with me. I'm riding this wave. It's good. I'm good. The universe is in my favor. There's a good sense to this. And it kind of helps you move forward, right? It helps you with that flow. I think our good, bad brains which are fast and smart and capable and like are so willing and helpful in pointing out all the ways we're wrong and the world's wrong, <laughs> then can't help but go, well, then I guess that means when shit's fucked up and bad shit happens to you for no reason, the universe isn't in your favor. And I guess that means that you're a piece of shit <laughs> and you deserve to be in this fucking low tide downswing bullshit. And the universe isn't helping you because why would it? You don't deserve it. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to give credence to, yes, the universe is helping me. This is good. I'm in a good place. Then I have to give credence to when the universe isn't, right? Wrong. 
And that's what I want to get to today. That's the paradox. That like the idea of something being true, like a mechanism being true. And if we do it here, it must be true over here. Like that there's like a mathematical sense. Things go in order and then this happens. If things are going well and it's helping you and you're saying like, it's helping me that the universe is helping me and having this understanding of like, God's on my side. The universe is on my side. I'm in flow. Things are good. Then when things are bad, that must be true too. You must be getting punished. Something must be bad. And that makes sense that we think that way because we have a monkey brain that has like this linear way of looking things. It starts here. It goes here. Things happen that cause things to happen. But that isn't true so much of the time. Chaos is real. And we could choose to then go like that. Okay, chaos is real. Nothing matters. So the universe is never on my side, just like the universe is never against me, right? But that's also untrue. Like truth here, and this is the tricky thing because we're living in this time when truth is increasingly important, right? They say fake news all the time, blah, blah. And we do need to have a reality that we agree upon. Things that happen, facts that occur that we can, you know, and facts are a thing. Facts are a thing that is like how much sand is on that beach or something, you know, something that you can measure. might be impossible or difficult to do. But even facts, right? I've talked about that thing that paradox of measurement, you can look it up like um, coastlines. Like, like we measure coastlines, basically the smaller the unit of measurement you use, the larger the coastline gets. And so there are coastlines of some countries that are very difficult. Like there's wildly ranging numbers of how long a coastline is. Because if you look at it from way far ahead with like, let's say 50 mile or 100 mile increments, it gets, it's very easy. You go, oh, here's the general line of the coast. And that's like how long it is. But if you actually walk up in the squiggly line of uh, around every curve and up and down every curve, da, 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 it's suddenly like, let's say we took that 50 mile marker down to a mile, suddenly it becomes much longer because you're really measuring every little crevice. So a path that looked like a straight line from the thousand foot overview is actually like a very crooked one. So even that, like the facts, like when we get into measurement facts, it's it's not necessarily reliable. Like to, to, the the Measurement is only as accurate as your tools of measuring, right? So like, what are we supposed to make of this? Because this could be so chaotic. This is so impossible to grasp. And if we want something to be true or not, and this becomes like paradox to me, how do you start using paradox in your life in an effective way, accepting paradox? And for a long time, a thing I've had to do for myself, and then I tell people that I'm close to, I feel like have similar things to me is like, the first step to being sane is expect is expecting and accepting paradox. Just saying contradictory things exist in the same place at the same time, and that's life. That's real life, you know? I think the important tool for me has become, again, the same as it is with like reactions and feelings and whatever, is self-inquiry. So like in self-inquiry, right? Like I have a big reaction, bad or good or whatever, and it's disruptive to me. I always go, well, why, why am I feeling this? Do I, why do I think that? Is that true? Do I know that that's true? Why would that be true? Why that, like, you know, somebody gets mad at you and you feel bad immediately because you're like, I did something bad. You're like, well, did I do something bad? Let me think. Well, I could see how they would feel that I did something bad, but that seems like their baggage, not mine. I can probably do my best or going, yeah, you know what? Even if I didn't mean to do something bad, if I didn't act from a bad place, intention doesn't really matter, right? This whole idea of like entering dialogue and valid experience of parties, like you can go, yeah, so I could see how, like, here's the, here's the thing I just want to say as a side note about apologies. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get better and better at my life and about trying to be a good person or whatever. We seem so obsessed with intention behind hurting people. Like, if you hurt somebody and you didn't mean it that way, you go, oh, no, 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 I didn't, but I didn't mean it that way. But I, but let me explain to you what it means to me. And then you'll understand that it doesn't hurt you and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I always say like, okay, well, let's take this idea of a psychic or mental wound into like a physical one, right? If you were talking animatedly in a conversation at a party or something, <laughs> does anybody else do this? Has this ever happened to anybody else? Or on the street or whatever, on the phone, you're not paying attention. And you flung a hand out for like, like, and then this huge explosion happened, right? You whip your hand out to the side or something like that. And at that exact moment, somebody turned and walked and just, you smacked them in the nose. You bopped them in the nose with your hand. You wouldn't get mad at that person and go, 
I mean, you might like, I guess some people would because they're so incapable of being doing something wrong and apologizing and whatever. They're so worried about it. But most likely in the context of a physical accidental wound that you've caused somebody else, you wouldn't go, oh my God, I didn't even mean that. So your nose can't be hurt. Your, your face can't hurt because I wasn't trying to hurt you. That word doesn't mean that to me, you know, or whatever. And for sure, that would take some sting out of it overall, right? There's no longer the evil intent of assault, which is a violent, which is truly like probably one of the worst parts of assault in general. Is like knowing, is like another human trying to hurt you as such a psychic damage, it's such a darkness in the world, right? So that would be good. You go, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But you'd also go, so, I'm so sorry, let me get some ice. Let's try to figure this out. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I hurt. I'm so sorry. You'd feel bad because you had hurt that person without meaning to, you know? And so I feel like in psychic stuff, same thing. If you do something wrong, right, and you want to like freak out about like, but I didn't mean it like that. You just have to understand what I meant. And then if you can get past this idea of like guilt of like we're always in a court of law trying to like prove why or whatever and that defines the thing and just accept, no, you hurt someone and just be able to operate from there. And that person is probably a mature, smart person too who can go, I understand what it means to you. I just want you to know what it means to me. And then you can like amend your behavior off of that, perhaps, just so you know. Like then you'd give a shit, right? Because you just know how it hurts somebody else. I don't like hurting people by accident. Just like I'm going to try to be more careful about where I fling my arms and behaviors like that can hit somebody in the face in a crowded room of a party or something like that. I want to be careful what I flail around emotionally and intellectually also, you know, because I give a shit. Anyway, the idea that intent sometimes, of course, always matters, but it doesn't matter as much as the harm that you caused, you know? And that comes paradox again, too. Well, I wasn't trying to hurt something, but I hurt something, right? Paradox. You accept this. Things don't follow one or the other. And we can't, when you can't wrap your hand, head around the idea that like your intent resulted in something else, or so, then you're not going to be able to move forward very well. Anyway, I'm digressing. Let me get back into this thing about paradox, right? So if the universe helps me <clears throat> sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. It must always be true, right? Now, the paradox to me comes the self-inquiry of the same thing. If I'm in a situation where I want something woo-woo that helps me, it doesn't matter if it's crystals or like my horoscope that day or there's things working out for no reason, it's the manifestation secret or whatever, the universe is on my side now, and that tool helps me, that it helps me create, that's the question. I say, does this serve me or not? Is this helping me or not? Is this a useful tool or not? Just like when I'm playing my dumb video game and I like to rage at people and I can tap, tap, tap at the keyboard and go, this is what you should have done, you're so bad, watch some fucking videos on the YouTube, blah, 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 learn how to like run your lane, blah, blah, right? Learn how to follow my cues. Blah, blah, blah. I was pinging. Blah. Like, does that serve me? And does that serve them? Creating a situation that's totally out of my control, that doesn't help anybody unless like a million other factors fall into place. Like they like, go, oh, he's probably his boy. Blah, blah, blah. Go work on it. We won't work on it. And blah, blah. No. And it doesn't help me in the moment in that game. It doesn't help me get out from under some big, strong person who's like going to choke me out by going like, this really isn't fair because we're different weight classes and blah, blah, blah. And, th- and you're way better than me. And th- this isn't really, this really isn't fair because I wasn't taking it seriously before. And now, you know, I, I wouldn't let you pass if I, it doesn't, doesn't serve me. Right. What does serve me is the universe is on my side. There's a way out of this, you know? So if it serves me to go like, damn, I'm feeling momentum. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride this good momentum. I'm doing all my stuff. Right? I'm doing my self-care right. I'm exercising. I'm eating clean again. I'm paying attention again, which is another thing that went totally off the rails. As soon as I'm around family or back in Chicago or whatever, you're just like in this dark vortex of how you used to be. And like your emotions can only be sort of met to these unconscious ancient uh, wounds that are coming back up that like you can't feel with your outside body, but suddenly you're ravenous. Suddenly that demon inside you, that wolf is screaming that it's just so fucking hungry and you better eat the richest, craziest shit all the fucking time because you need to feed it. You got to feed that fucking demon to keep it happy because otherwise it's going to start gnashing. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to come out. It's going to come out and you're going to start eating other people and yourself. I don't know. That's emotional eating for me. The werewolf. Anyway, you go, does it serve me? And so if I'm in a situation where the universe isn't helping me out, right? Shit's just shitting on me and it's not helpful. And I'm going, well... When it's going well, it's because the universe wants me to do well, and now it's going bad. So I guess that means the universe wants me to do bad because I'm a bad thing, and it's done. I'm done. Does that serve you? No. Of course not. And since truth is an iffy concept anyway, 
you have to pick what serves you and what doesn't. I think it's good if you can have a second or third, like a tertiary level of consciousness that can see all of it cleanly like a robot and go, this is true and also this is true. The universe loves me. Now the universe hates me. That's fine. I can accept this. This is the way things are. Just to keep like, you know, just your computer brain, your robot brain is like, no, I'm smart. I can see reality. I'm not going to start like blocking out reality. So I turn into a total maniac. But then I'm going to go on my alpha levels of conscious choosing I got to pick the things that help me, that empower me, that give me chances. The same thing we talk about with my good, bad brain, right? If I have brain chemicals and I learn about brain chemicals and I learn about trauma and the things that they create in your body and things like that, and I just go, oh, my brain chemicals are a little fucked. That's helpful to know, to try to get my way out of, right? To like try some medication here and there, to start learning about diet or exercise things that might assist in like my brain chemical production, blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't help me if I use that knowledge to go like, oh, so I'm fucked forever if I don't get a medicine. Like I think to myself, right, like if an apocalypse happened tomorrow and they stopped making mental health medicine or something like that and I couldn't take ADD medication anymore and I couldn't take my antidepressant anymore, I'm like, would I just fucking give up? No. I just have to start doing like my best practices harder. I'd really have to watch the sugar that causes inflammation in my body. I'd really have to try to eat more fermented foods more often so my probiotic production is good so I make enough serotonin, dopamine and shit in my gut to make my brain happy. I'd really have to make sure I'm staying on my exercise. I'd really have to make sure I'm sleeping like better and better and better. I'd really have to use my list making and all these things that I'm learning to deal with my own brain, right? I wouldn't just go because it wouldn't serve me to just go, Ah, well, it's true. I got a fucked up brain and I'm fucked up because of that without this thing, you know, because I think a lot of us like this is the this is the paradox again, that both looking at yourself like a real thing, taking in all of your weaknesses as well as your strengths and taking them seriously and trying to operate from knowledge of their weaknesses, like not having a broken leg and then pretending you don't and and going for a, a marathon or something like that, you know, like that's important. But it's also important to have a sort of ludicrous sense of fight within you that says like my, my first martial arts instructor said this thing to me once about fighting. I, I, he said like, uh, I might not get a steak, but I'm good a sandwich. <laughs> like that, that attitude of with an opponent, no matter who the fuck it is, you know, like that, like I might not win this fight. I might not beat the shit out of you. I might not win the victory of the day, but you're going to know you were in a fight. It's going to be bad for you. (laughs) You know, like in the wild, like a lion could probably beat a hyena like nine times out of 10, like if it got down to it. But in the wild, even like a porcupine or whatever, wild animals know like a little cut could be like the rest of my life. It could be an infection. It could be, that's it. There's no reason to get into bad scuffles, right? So making yourself powerful empowering yourself to the universe and telling the universe like, hey, universe, like, I might not get a steak. I'm going to get a sandwich, though. You can't just break me by, like, shitting on me for a little bit, you know? I'm not going to stop going outside because it's raining all the time. I want to put a coat on. I want you to take an umbrella. And if I don't have those things, I'll get wet. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) You know? Universe isn't on my side today. Okay. I'd love to fight the universe. We were friends last week. Fine. I think they'd make a good sparring partner too. You know, like this ludicrous sense you have to have. That's the paradox. Does this serve me or not? Right now, it's serving me. It's working out. Secret's working out. I'm riding high on this wave, baby. Next week, the universe starts fucking me again. Jobs start disappearing. Good things start disappearing. You know, got to forgive myself if I fuck up and get into like wallowing depression. That happens to me sometimes. What are you going to do? But again, doesn't help you to beat yourself up after that either. Once you realize you're in it, you go, oop, I'm in this. I'm out of it now. Wish I hadn't been in it. Regret is useful. Shame is useless. That's how I think about it. For a long time, I think people love to go, no regrets, no regrets. You know, like the misspelled version is the way I always like to think of it. Like the tattoo that says no regrets. (laughs) Because like, that's such a silly notion. I loved it when I was a kid. No regrets. I'm living crazy. I'm doing my narrative, wild, wild, adventurous, romantic life. You know what I mean? No regrets. And what happens when you have no regrets? You just fucking do the same shit over and over. And you keep wondering why nothing changes and why you keep ending up miserable, even though you feel like things are getting better. You're trying new things because the flavors change, but the food doesn't. You know what I mean? So shame 
is useless. We talked about toxic shame and Brian Brady there a couple weeks ago. The idea of like beating yourself up endlessly. I'm such a bad person for all the bad things that I've done and how stupid I am and how I do the same thing over and over. All oh, that wallowing, that corrosive thing, that shame that wants to weigh you down and keep you down and keep you weak. That thing that we hang on to because man, I'm going to get into that probably at the very end of this because I've been thinking about that a lot. Like the things I hang on to to stay weak and my truly finally going like, well, fuck, I might be just afraid of failing if I really try. <sighs> anyway, the shame, the corrosive shame, that's useless. You got to get rid of that. Shame, no good, nothing. It's just a wound. It's just a thing to hang on to and go, oh, I'm so bad, I'm so bad. Especially in like a Catholic puritanical world, whatever, where like being bad makes you a good person. I'm so bad, original sin. I'm so stupid and weak and pathetic. Oh my God, I'm a bad person. That'll like be a signifier and go like, oh, that person's good because they think they're bad. Nah, fuck that. Fuck that shit. But regret, regret you can learn from. Regret's a gift. I didn't like the situation I'm in. I don't like the choices that led me here. I might've had fun doing them, they might have felt cool at the time. I can recognize the purpose they served just like I can recognize the purpose my demon served in protecting me from a trauma this way or another, you know, or something like that. Or in just trying to understand it, kept acting out, whatever. I can understand it. I can even say thank you to it. But I'm not going to hang on to it forever. I'm going to use that regret to like try to make different choices. And again, that's the paradox, doing something bad and saying thank you to it. You know what I mean? Anyway, and that final thing, I guess what I was saying about the shame and like the consistent, this is the learning the same lesson thing over and over and over, right? Is like, you think you finish things. You think I figured that problem out. When I was 11, I decided I wanted to be a brave person. So if something scary was in front of me, I just did it. Okay, so I beat fear. There, I'm done. I'm done with fear at 11 years old. <laughs> well, so it becomes easy when it's obvious, right? I'm afraid of jumping off of this dock into this cold water. I'm afraid of going on stage and speaking to these people, blah, blah, blah. That's easy. That's easy fear. What's insidious is when your brain starts telling you you're not afraid. You just start numbing out to things. You're like, oh, no, I'm not afraid. That's not why I'm not doing that. It's just, uh, you know, it doesn't interest me. Doesn't, that's not... I don't really care. I don't really care about it. Or no, no I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid people won't like, like I'm not going to be taken seriously and that I'm not good enough. I'm not afraid of that. That's ridiculous. I just know realistically these aren't the things that fit that puzzle. Like this resume is not going to be the right one for that. So I'm not afraid that I'm not enough. You know, I'm not afraid that I'll fail by myself if I try this thing by myself this time instead of with the people that I did it last, last time. I'm, I'm not afraid. You know, you insidiously start realizing that. And when you can really get at it and go like, what is fear? I mean, what is fear about? Like, what is that instinct for? It's to prevent you from getting fucked up. That's what it's for. It's to prevent you from getting a broken leg in the wilderness that you just die from exposure and, you know, a hungry bear comes along and, and finds you and starts eating you before you die. <laughs> That's what fear is for. And I think about fear a lot with trying to create new habits because I think the reason it's so hard to break ourselves, even with bad habits, even if even if a bad habit like makes us unhappy or uncomfortable every day, you'd think, oh, my evolutionary organism would be like, let's get rid of things that make me unhappy. Wrong. Because the only concern of my organism, I mean, again, this is, I'm not a fucking scientist, obviously, but this is just what I have come to believe and recognize and from my layman sort of understanding in myself. My body doesn't care about my comfort. It, com it cares about me being alive. And as far as it knows, stasis is good. If I continue to be alive, whatever I'm doing must be working. And I think the organism is short-sighted. The organism can't go like, well, eating sugar every day is uh, going to shorten your lifespan in hundreds of years. It doesn't care. It just works day to day, right? So day to day, you're staying alive. You're not getting eaten by a bear. You're not falling off of cliffs. You're not drowning. I don't know. So whatever's happening, let's keep that the same. Let's not change everything. The body has very conservative mindset about the way it governs, you know? And so that becomes fear. That fear becomes very useful. Fear keeps me alive. <sighs> That's why it's incumbent on us as beings with bigger ideals than just what the, the stasis of our, of our organism, 
right? To do great things, to, to build great things, to be better than our circumstances, to overcome our weaknesses, to become something different tomorrow than we are today. That's like enormous transformative shit, you know? And we don't have the luxury of a, of a fucking pupa state that like literally turns us into a butterfly. It's all psychological and psychic for us. It's all going to be for us about making choices and then changing. And I'm so attached to that in an important way. I, I believe so strongly that my choices matter, even in the face of my knowledge about brain chemistry and trauma and patterns and blah, 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 blah. I've seen it physically in myself. I've been able to change my body all different ways. I can gain weight. I can lose weight. I can get stronger. I can get more flexible. I can get weaker. I can get slower. I can get faster. I know I can change these things just with practice and intention. So like that becomes the fear thing too, is being able to get into those different states of sense of self, the the third and fourth and second, whatever, all the levels of consciousness and then pick which one we're going to move to the front of the pile and go, this is going to be my main fucking drive, my main drive, my main choices. Yeah, I can see the universe is on my side, but that also means it's against me. Fuck that. Not helpful. The choice I'm making, the universe is with me. I'm with the universe. We're going to ride this wave together. We're going to be like a dolphin flopping over the waves. We're going to be like swimming in the surf and playing and loving life and blah, 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 blah. And all the things are going to flow with us because I am at harmony and with one. And when it gets bad, you just figure out how it's useful to use that. I personally am enough of a fucking cishet normative boy, whatever. The things inside of me are like, I like adversity sometimes. I fucking love it sometimes. I appreciate it sometimes. I like to scream thank you to the thing that's hurting me. And then I like to give it what I got. I like to fucking fight through it sometimes. That doesn't mean I can access that every day. I also love to like wallow in my own fucking shit, you know, which is another thing that the cishet normative uh, narratives of male exist. The, the noir sort of hero who's just, yeah, I love once. I don't think I'll do that again. I prefer to just drink every day and I'm barely getting through. You know what I mean? Until your thing comes along so you can save someone else to save yourself. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck that. Fuck that. I'll be my own femme fatale and my own, uh, you know, babe in the woods and I'll be my own noir hero and I'll be my own shining champion who never gives up and never doubts and I'll also be my own fucking villain and I'll also be my own seducer. I mean, I can be all those things and I can pick which story I'm going to write. I think you can too. Man, did I go off, man? I went off. I went off. But this is my thing, you know, the paradox thing. I'm going to end this little, like, last little thing that helps me, I guess. I just think about this a lot. This is maybe a good little silly anecdotal tool I use. I've heard once and I've used it in a lot of different things now. It keeps coming back up in terms of identifying if something is a fear that I'm not acknowledging or not. Or identifying if something is a pattern that I'm unconsciously persisting instead of dealing with, instead of changing about me to, like, kind of, you know, figure out. It's that old silly thing they say. They say, you know, if you meet three assholes in the day, in the day, I mean, I'm trying to say something good. I'm trying to like wrap it up in a good final setting and I can't say a sentence. Here's try it again. <laughs> if you meet, if you meet three assholes in a day, you're the asshole. You know, if someone goes like, God, there's so many pieces of shit out there. This guy's got in a fight with me. Got like, I got a pissy thing at the DMV. And then I got in this thing in the traffic with this other asshole. And then this other thing at the grocery store, this asshole or whatever. And my boss, my, this guy at work, I don't like this asshole. Hey, most people don't run into that many assholes that often. You know what I mean? And maybe, I mean, it takes two to tango, but kind of only takes like you know like one bad apple to spoil the bunch it only takes one asshole to spoil a whole barrel of apples you know what i mean not really i mean if you found an asshole in a barrel about of apples you like maybe throw out the apples that were touching the asshole then <laughs> the rest to be fine or or honestly like let's like carry this metaphor out like if there's one asshole like a literal asshole in a barrel of apples like even the apples touching the asshole are fine like you just gotta wash them off they they're redeemable you know you don't it's not like just because an i mean that's trauma right just because an asshole was touching your apple doesn't mean that you're an asshole now too you're just an apple that touched an asshole it's fine 
<laughs> but if you meet three assholes in a day, you're the asshole. And even if that's not true, it serves you to believe it's true. It serves you to go, let me reflect. In all these situations today of conflict that just happened to me mysteriously, was there any way I could have behaved differently? Was I receiving them weirdly or something like that? And you know, and maybe you'll do that inquiry and find out, no, you really did have a day where you met three assholes, and that's fine. But if in your life you're like, fuck, I just can't break this depression or whatever. I can't, you know, I, I'm not doing, nothing is improving it at all. Like, or, or um, you know, because I'm not I'm being glib about it, obviously. I've been fucking suicidally in the dumps. I'm not like acting like that's not real. But I do know that I made choices later to make it better. Like that helped make it less likely that I would get attacked by those things. Again, the demons and the ghosts are strong. And I'm using those as metaphors and for also like they're real. I like to think of those demons as ghosts, but also they're metaphors for a real thing. Your brain shape, your body shape, your chemicals. Like those are real things. I'm not fucking taking anything away from that reality. But in our interest of becoming better, what serves us? To believe we just have absolutely no control or that we can make choices and make changes, you know? So I meet three assholes in a day. Does it help me to think like, ooh, if I have the same thing, right? The, the, the body chemistry and the brain chemistry keeps creating the same situations for me. Or I keep getting in terrible relationships or I keep getting relationships with people that don't want commitment. Or I can't get the jobs that I really love. I there's The work is not coming here. Whatever the fucking thing is, like, I think it serves the best to look and go, well, am I truly, am I changing enough things to try to change the outcome of that equation? You know, am I the, if, I, if I'm meeting my problem, the problem of my life is full of like asshole problems. Like, am I just the asshole? Cause I won't change my fucking attitude and try some different things. And, and maybe maybe I accept, you know, I like being an asshole in certain ways, okay? I'm too tired. I don't like getting up that early. I can't get to the gym early in the morning and knock it out before work. I'm just not going to do it. I feel miserable. I'd rather have the time sleeping. That's enough to me. Fine. Fine. You're not going to be one of those 4 a.m. psychos, right? But like I was like, I'm only mentioning that one because I was like looking online and looking at like some of these like actors who are also like big muscly guys like Terry Crews or John Cena or all these people, The Rock, right? They get up like so, they just knock it out. They do the gym like every fucking day, like 4 a.m. or 6 a.m. or crazy shit like that. And I can recognize that that's dope. I like really appreciate it. I find it inspiring, honestly. I, I mean, I think we all have to have our cornball inspirations from The Rock to Beyonce. Like they're fucking important to have. But like, maybe I'm not going to do that. And I'm okay with that. And I accept that maybe that's going to mean some different things about what my outcome of my life. Fine. <laughs> Fine. I'm the asshole there. Eh, I accept. But I'm not going to sit here and go like, oh, well, nobody has the time for that. How the fuck am I going to ever do? I just don't have the time. I do. I'm just tired and I'm a little lazy and I move slow in the morning. That's how I am. You know? So I don't know. I think that's helpful. Accepting paradox. Because then only when you accept paradox can you make ludicrous things. Like ludicrous choices to believe in something better. You know what I mean? I accept that there's no bridge over that gorge. There's no way across it but we're going to fucking build one. People will tell you they're crazy on the Oregon Trail. What? No, we got to caulk the wagon and float it. <laughs> and you lose all your clothes and several wagon tongues. Whatever a wagon tongue is. I think it's the, I think it's part of the axle like that attaches to the um oxen. All right, I think that's enough brain breather for today. Um, paradox, time travel, breaking out of our stuff, doing better, making choices, believing in the impossible. We meet three assholes in a day, you're the asshole. And I guess just self-inquiry is always the fucking answer. Is that true? Why? Why, am I, why is that? Is that true? Could that be? Just a general question mark about our experiences all the time. Reflection. Um, oh, as a final note, I'm putting out a weird, um, I made this thing a little while ago. It was called a dream tape. You know, I do these poems, right? I do this, this collection of poems, which 
I'm looking, I'm looking for publisher. I kind of like to, that's a, in the, in the vein of this stuff, like ludicrous goals, right? Things that we want to do. I want to publish a book of poems one of these days. So, uh, and I have a vision of what it looks like in my head and blah, blah, blah. So now I got to reach out and find places to do it. And part of what's been helping and prompting that is doing the, the poem project on my Instagram. I do pretty much every day, miss a couple here and there, but Jared's Poem Corner, I've got a hundred poems I wrote and I'm like going to get them all together in this collection. And I wrote them over a decade or so and I just never really did anything with them. So every day I go online, ask somebody to pick number between one and a hundred because that's my favorite way to do the poems um like a little fortune teller book almost and then i um and then i you know i read that poem we see what the universe picked whoever was first in the line and i'm so sorry if you are if you do submit and i haven't responded to you i i tried for a long time i would like try to respond to everybody but it started taking more and more time um which uh i don't always have uh and i i have a bad tendency to like rabbit hole down a small task that like if oh this task will only take a minute this task will only take a minute this task will only take a minute and i do 37 of those in a row and suddenly it's like 37 minutes later and it didn't really take a minute it took like a minute and a half or two minutes or three minutes and it's actually like hour or something later you know i I got to stop doing that a little bit. So I haven't been, I haven't been responding to everybody who submits. I, I can only get sometimes to like the first person. So we get the poem out. But anyway, I just want everybody to know that I really appreciate anybody who's participated there. Um, in the vein of that, a while ago, I was putting some of these poems out online in a very small way that um, a few people found, but not many. And it was, that was all fun and cool, but it was a good experience for me. I started those poems off with a thing I, I had an idea for. I just made one day called a dream tape. And I kind of explained on the tape what it is. It's like me kind of like sort of ASMR and you could use to meditate or to sleep or just to hang out to or get high to or fold laundry to or whatever. It's got some music in it that I created. Um, it's got other music that I created. I created that music with, but also just created solely by who let me use it. My friend, Jason Scardamalia, who, um, I think you can just find him on SoundCloud and stuff at Jason Scardamalia. He's going to be on my good bad brain on the podcast too. Uh, I, th- I don't know if he's still working under the name clouds with a V instead of a U or if, um, so I guess it'd be like, clouds but it looks like clouds or whatever and there's js music i think it's soundcloud.com says js music js maybe these might be i'll be wrong i'll try to put some links in the description anyway he put some music in there that he made he's like a wonderful composer and uh musician himself uh if you watch um hbo at all his his song one of his songs was in the season two like trailer for the season um this year anyway so it's this tape, this dream tape that I made, which I just want to do like dreamy little spaces. So I'm kind of quieter in the way I talk. And there's like little sort of narrative parts. And there's poems and there's a song and there's like rain sounds and sounds of my neighborhood and little meditation, sort of weird reflecty things. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a dream tape. It's my little dream tapes. So I'm going to put that out just as a little bonus for my good, bad brain stuff. Because I think based on the other things I do, maybe some of y'all would like it. Uh, I got a nice message recently from someone totally randomly about it that said that they helps them go to sleep often. And that made me really feel cool uh, and fuzzy and warm. And um, and uh, so I was reminded of that. And I wanted to, you know, re- re-bring it out. Maybe maybe someone else would like it too. Maybe maybe feel good to be part of that. Um, also, there was a nice article this week uh, published by... Uh, Rachel Hall, I believe is her name. Um, She is a writer. Hold on. I'm just going to keep you on the phone while I look it up uh, on the phone. We're not on the phone. While I I look up this uh, thing, I'm going to find the link because it was so nice. She made a little um, review of the the podcast uh, for a publication I guess she's interning at. It's... um, um, uh, uh, let me get there because I'm so good at this. It's called Study Breaks. And uh, I put it on my Twitter. I retweeted it at studybreaks.com. It was a really nice um, review. Uh, yeah, that, that uh, it just it warmed my inside body, which I tried to write on my Twitter. That this, when I read this today, it warmed my inner body. But I wrote wanted by accident and it said I wanted my inner body, which is <clears throat> maniacal. <clears throat> but I can't, you know, write. Uh, but Rachel Hall from Augustana College. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was really nice. So check that out and give that a little read look. It's on my Twitter. And um, oh, yeah, if you like all this stuff, check patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain and like and review stuff. And, you know, otherwise you, you probably are. Jared Sleeper on Twitter, Jared underscore Sleeper on Instagram, and then Jared Sleeper on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is, whoa, 48 minutes. Baby, this is the longest brain breath of yet, baby. <laughs>
I hope this is useful today. Thank you so much. Um, I'll see you guys soon. Love you. Be well. Hydrate. Self-care. Etc. Alright, talk to you later. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.